This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I'm excited tonight because tonight is going to be Signs in the Heavens, Part 2. And we're going to bring in Brother Benjamin Brook to speak about some signs that are in the heaven. But I want to I want to read something to you that I feel is very important in case you didn't hear the last program. And the reason for the title of this program is because it goes back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14. Let me read it again. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And we bring this up again because, folks, we often forget that before God gave the stars and the sun and the moon uh, for for the seasons and the days, which we primarily look at them for now, he said before all that, they are for signs. There are messages. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Astrology is from the devil, but there is a divine heavenly message given by God. Now, I want to read a quote from Josephus. What he said happened back in the days of Seth and Seth's children about this knowledge of God and the stars. Listen to what it says. They, the children of Seth, also were inventors of the peculiar sort of wisdom which is concerned with heavenly bodies and their order, and that their inventions might not be lost before they were sufficiently known upon Adam's prediction that the world was to be destroyed at one time by force of fire and at another time by the violence of the quantity of water, they made two pillars, the one of brick, the other of stone. They inscribed their discoveries on them both that in case the pillar of brick should be destroyed by flood, the pillar of stone might remain and exhibit those discoveries to mankind and also inform them that there was another pillar of brick erected by them. Now this remains in the land of Syriad to this day. Now, when you listen to that, Josephus is not talking about some mythical pillar that nobody knows about. He's talking in such a way that these are known fact to still be in existence at that time. And it makes perfect sense because God, in his word, said that there is a message that his heavens actually declare his glory. And I'm going to bring on Brother Benjamin tonight to talk about the message of the signs of what's going on in the heavens, what's going on here on the earth earth and how we need to be ready and prepared to face what's coming onto this nation as we speak today. So with that, I'm going to bring on Benjamin. Benjamin, are you here with me? Hey, good evening, Frank. Amen, brother. I'm excited about this. And uh, brother, I'm excited about the program you uh, shared with me. Wow. I'm I'm, I'm going to be spending a lot of time on that um, here coming up. And we, we can talk about that later so our folks can check things out. But brother, I know there's a lot to cover. We want to talk a little bit about your website that you have, your, your um, feed, news feed and everything that's going on right now. But I'm going to ask before that, would you open up the remnant call with a word of prayer? Oh, amen. Amen. Pray with us, brothers and sisters. Father, we thank you 
this evening. We thank you, Lord, that your word endures to all generations. We thank you that there's safety in the covering of the name of Jesus. There's Amen. safety in the ark of salvation. Amen. There's life. There's faithfulness. There's hope and there's love. The kingdom of God. And there's a place of refuge where the righteous can run in and be protected from the storm that is about to come forth upon the earth. Lord, I pray you would lift up your word of truth tonight. Pray you would lift up your people and edify them. Bless them, Lord. Encourage them. Fill them with faith, hope, and love. Lord, I pray that your name would be exalted. Amen. We consecrate this time, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. For the purposes of your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Brother, listen, I know we've got some amazing things to talk about that's going on in the heavens and it combined with the news that's going on. But brother, you've got a new um website. Well, it's a it's a it's a, a blog feed in a way that you put out articles and some teaching and different things, audio on. Share that with our um people and folks, just letting you know in the show notes, I will put the link to his uh website link so you can read and keep up with what Benjamin is doing. Yeah, it's called Getter and it's sort of a, a you know a free speech forum. Uh, where you won't be censored for expressing your opinion on the truth, uh, where you won't be deplatformed, and you know you're, you won't be cast out, and and so it's called Getter, um, and it, it's basically a site where you can post updates, and and I'm putting the most powerful and important uh, news articles, interviews, programs, some of the messages that I've done, but a whole lot of good stuff from a whole lot of people that are speaking the truth right now. And you know, if you don't have time to keep up on the volume of news flow and you want to see really just the very best of the best, uh, that's all that I'm putting on this getter page is is the the stories and the programs that are just you know, five-star quality that you don't want to miss. And so, yeah, check it out, you know, and uh, check back in because, you know, there's one or two stories going up each week is sort of my my goal there. Yeah. Folks, right now, I mean, Benjamin and I, we both don't just sit around and um, do nothing all day. We both actually work. Um, sometimes extremely busy and a lot to do. But Benjamin many times has to fill me in um, on what's going on in those feeds, those news articles, folks, um, like I said, Benjamin posts the things that are relevant. There's a billion different things out there in this world, but there are key things that directly affect us. So please go over there. It'll be in the show notes. You can link, uh, jump on getter and then subscribe to his page. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Absolutely. Anything we can do to get this word out and this message going forward. No, that's really been the agenda the whole time. And, um, you know, we're really trying to, we're really trying to provide an antidote to the satanic deception of this ruined age. You know, we're trying to provide a word of encouragement, a word of truth, a word of faith to, to the sheep, to the lost sheep of the King of Israel. 
you know, because today, Frank, there's a lot of, a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of people that have lost hope. There are a lot of people that are, that are tempted to, to respond in fear. You know, fearful times are coming upon the earth. That's for sure. But the Lord told us, do not fear. And God's sovereign. He gives wisdom to his children. It's important that we walk with wisdom at this point. We should not be walking in fear. Fear is not our friend. It merely gives power to the enemy. And so, you know, one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing is we're trying to rescue the little lambs, you know. Uh, it's always been my my objective with the books that I published and with all of the message that I've done and with really everything, my effort has been to try to reach the, you know, the sheep of the Lord and do what we can to gather together into one flock, the people of his house. And um, appreciate your prayers. You know, we've, we've had a lot of opposition, you know, the enemy really hates the anointed word of God. And um, they do everything they can to silence the people that are speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we appreciate your prayers and appreciate you tuning in. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Amen. Well, brother, please, uh, we were talking earlier. Um, of course, there's been some, obviously, some things going on in the news here. And I don't know if you want to touch on the, some of the things breaking right now in the news and then get into the to kind of some of the things we discussed that the messages from, from on high that are being shown right in our skies above. And um, But either way, brother, just take it the way you want to do it. Sure, absolutely. Lord, just lead us by your hand in Jesus' name. Well, you know, I want to start with the scriptures in in Psalm 74, which is really a, a psalm of prophecy of the last generation and on the desolation that would come within the church, within the people of God under the new covenant. The same psalm was fulfilled previously in ancient Israel as the land had become desolate, you know, in the 400 years from the prophecies of Malachi to the, to the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ, heaven had been silent. And, and that silence was because of the apostasy that had come. And the people had fallen away from the truth. You know, they still had an outward form of godliness. They were still the children of Israel. They, they claimed Abraham as their father. They had the temple. They kept the feasts. You know, the most religious among them were zealots called Pharisees. And, you know, they were maniacal in their in their legal and strict observance of the law of God and their, their attempt to walk out the covenant of the Lord through the knowledge of good and evil. And um, it didn't really work out very well for them. Because though they might have embraced the law through the knowledge of the flesh, they entirely missed the visitation of the Spirit of God, which came by the by the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm, and, amen. You know, and, and so Psalm 74 spoke of this. Oh God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger burn against the sheep of your pasture? Why was God angry with ancient Israel? Why is God angry with many of the churches in America today? Remember your congregation, which you purchased, 
of old, the rod of your inheritance, which you redeemed, Mount Zion, wherein you have dwelt, and lift up your feet unto what are now perpetual desolations. Behold, all that the enemy's done wickedly in the sanctuary, and, and the churches have been devastated. That's a whole nother teaching. Your enemies roar in the midst of your congregations. You know, the, the satanic spirits get, you know, they, they get a lot of uh, media time. Well, you know, if you turn on the mainstream media, you're seeing the satanic. You're seeing the satanic deceptions. And the, even within the church, the enemy roars within the midst of the congregation. They've set up their own ensigns. You know, they've promoted their own false prophets. They've, they've got their own satellite TV networks. They've, they've managed, managed to bring confusion and deception. And, you know, and the people are, the people have lost hope, many of them. They said in their hearts, let, let us destroy them together. They burned up the synagogues. And look at Psalm 74, verse 9. We see not our signs. There is no more any true prophets among us, neither is there any among us that know how long. The church, the people of God lost the ability to understand the message in the stars. You know, and in our generation, the church never even knew there was a message, even though it's pretty clear in the word that, God made the stars for signs. For some reason, the Christian church in this last generation was told that, no, no, that's all astrology. That's all of the devil, you know, so don't go there. Don't even attempt to look at the signs in the heavens. Well, God created the stars. They don't belong to Satan. They belong to the Lord. And the Lord named the stars. And, you know, he, he named all of them. And if you look up the names of the stars and, you know, if you want to learn anything about the stars, that's where you start. Um, you will find that these names have meanings. And if you look to a specific constellation, let's take the constellation of the, the Virgin, right? And within each major constellation, there are, there are, oh, excuse me, there are three um, minor deacons, um, And in the constellation of, of Baoz, which is one of the deacons of the Virgin, you know, the, the first deacon is a woman with child, and, and the second deacon is the coming king. And Baoz means, behold, I come quickly. And when you, when you look at all of the stars in that constellation, there's a star in, in the face of the coming king. And... I forget the name of it, but it means the one who was pierced. And the message is he showed his face in an enemy's land. And there he was pierced. And, you know, and it gets deep and it gets powerful. The meanings of these stars and, and the message that they represent. And there's some great books if you, you know, you want to do the research and, and start gleaming into the, the beautiful prophetic message that has been created in the heavens. And the scripture testifies of the Maserat, the constellations, as they testify not only of the glory of God, but they testify of what the Lord is doing in the earth. 
but we're a generation that no longer can even see our own signs. And there's no, you know, there's this vast prophetic movement, but there's very little real prophecy in the land. There are two witnesses coming and they're going to prophesy and their prophecy will be true. But the vast majority of all these other characters, well, the scripture says in Zechariah that the Lord's going to remove the prophets and the evil spirits from the land. And he does it together. I wonder why prophets are connected to evil spirits, at least in this generation. That's the voice you're hearing from so many that claim to speak in the name of the Lord. You know, if we just look at the major events, how many prophets prophesied about 9-11, right? Did you hear of any? Did anyone declare the events of 9-11 before they happened? You know, no. None of the so-called prophets could see anything. And none of them understand the signs in the heavens either. All you have to be is a good student. You don't have to be a prophet to read the signs. And then we would know how long. So hallelujah. Let's uh, let's look at some of the signs. You know, I did this recent study. I just actually completed this in the last day or so. As you know, it occurred to me that, well, isn't this fascinating? We got in, the world has a new king. You know, we we don't need a new king. Our king's kingdom will last for eternity. But the citizens of this ruined age, they now have a new king that's been declared. He ascended to the throne on September 8th, 2022. And on, on September 10th, he was declared King Charles III. But he won't actually be crowned king until May 6th, 2023. Now, that's the, that's the tradition of the Chaldean dynasty. If you've listened to me for a while, you know what I'm talking about. The Chaldeans, who are the, well, I guess I would call them professional sorcerers. You know, they ruled ancient Babylon in the time of Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. And when Babylon was lifted up as a superpower among the nations for 70 years, and then it was judged in one night. The Chaldeans also took control of end-time Babylon approximately 70 years ago. Even like they did in ancient Babylon, they came in. They crept in with the people unaware and installed their own power structure. Their own elite became the rulers of ancient Babylon, even as they become the governors and the congressmen and the senators and the prime ministers and the members of parliament in the nations of the West, not only in the United States, but in, in the other countries that call themselves by the alliance of NATO or Atan. They like to speak things backwards. It's really more their way. But I thought, isn't that fascinating? Here we have this new king who happens to be the ruling monarch over the largest numbers of countries of any monarch in the earth. And he's not going to be actually crowned until the new year of the Chaldean calendar breaks forth in the spring of 2023. And following his ascension to the throne, the year of ascension is 22. It'll be 13 months 
from early September 2022 until October of 23, when I believe his work will be brought to the fullness. And so he will be coronated on Saturday, May 6th, Saturn's Day. One of the things you, if you study the stars and you look to the meanings of the planets, well, Saturn represents Satan. And so he'll be crowned on Satan's day. May 6th, it turns out, is 46 days into the new Chaldean year. And the number 46 represents 23 doubled. 23, of course, is the number of death. We know that from scripture. 23,000 died in the wilderness in the judgment of God. And on this day, 23 will be doubled, twice dead, the death of the flesh and the second death of the spirit, which will be the legacy of this black prince who serves the red dragon. From London, the coronation will occur. So I thought, well, well wouldn't it be interesting to look into the stars over the, the city of London and see what they would foretell for the events on that day? And those of you that have um, have Stellarium, you can, or or perhaps another software program, you can go there yourself uh, through your computer and look at the events. Start with the evening before, on May fifth, as the sun begins to set over London. You'll find that the moon rises in Libra. In the scales of judgment, the moon representing the people of God. So what is about to take place is going to be a judgment, not only upon the church, but a judgment upon the world. For the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. And so the moon, which represents Israel or the people of God, as the sun falls on the evening of the new day that will dawn, and we know from scripture, the evening marks the beginning of the new day. This day starts with a symbol of judgment coming upon the church and upon the people of God. At the same time, the earth's shadow is covering the virgin. And, and that's, I'm not sure how often that happens. I'm not the expert in what happens with celestial events, but I found that fascinating that the earth and its evil. And I don't need to talk to you about how the absolute satanic wickedness is pouring out of every corner of this ruined age. And this darkness and this, the defilements that are everywhere, casting a shadow over the virgin. People of God are supposed to reflect the light of the Lord. The church today reflects a shadow of the darkness of this ruined age. But the events that are going to come to pass, God's going to use them to cleanse his people. We would once again be clean and our garments would be white, white as snow. And then, then in that day, the people of God would reflect the light of the truth of the Lord. After the moon rises in the scales of judgment, the next thing that occurs is you see Pluto at the very hind or, or behind the horseman, the dual-natured horseman, right before the sun rise in the morning. 
Of course, Pluto represents that which comes from the nether world. It's the farthest planet. It represents that which comes forth from eternity. And in this case, it represents the four horsemen that are about to be released. And immediately before sunrise, Saturn rises in Aquarius. While Neptune is in Pisces. Now, I use those names so that you could identify them. They actually have a, a scriptural name. Saturn rising in the water bearer. What is going to be poured out upon the earth. It's the flood of the satanic curses coming out of an abyss that is now going to open. And as Saturn rises in the water bearer, Neptune, which is the god of the underworld, the god of that rules in the sea of humanity, is in Pisces, which represents the two houses, the two fish, the Jew and the Gentile, if you will, chosen in Messiah, bound by a chain to the sea beast, Leviathan in the heavens. Saturn will rise in Aquarius and, and the ruler of the dark deep will be ruling in Pisces. So much of the church is in need of deliverance, in need of sanctification. But at sunrise, Jupiter rises. And Jupiter represents the king planet, the will of God. So the Lord is literally ordaining this time for the deliverance of his people. And as, as Jupiter rises, also in Pisces, Mercury will appear at the feet of the ram. Mercury is the word of God. The ram is actually the sacrifice. So the word of God is going to be fulfilled. The sacrifice will be offered. And as the sun breaks the horizon, it's in the conjunction with the planet Uranus, which is also known as Cronus, the marker of time. It is the seventh planet. It is known as the Awakener. And so the prophetic voice of the living God will awaken upon the earth. Venus then rises at 7 a.m. in the horns of Taurus, the bull, which represents the immutable will of God. You can't stop this. Any more than you could stop a bull charging, you can't stop the will of God. And Venus represents Babylon, Jezebel, things of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, those horns of of the ram or the horns of the bull represent the will of God in the judgment of Babylon. And at the same time, at 9 a.m., Mars will rise in the twins, the dual nature of men, the two houses, the children of the flesh and the children of the spirit, and there will be war between them. Now forever divided as the satanic spirit is released into the earth, Persecution will come upon the people of God and will come from the wicked. Even as the children of the, the flesh have always persecuted the children of the spirit, so it shall be yet again. As that day ends and night begins to fall, the moon rises in the claws of the scorpion. Now judgment will begin. Persecution on the church will begin. And the destroyer of the na nations will now be crowned the ruler of the earth. 
and he will begin to make a quick work of the task for which he has been created. It's absolutely astonishing. As the sun is setting on this day, Venus, Babylon, is literally setting in the West. One of the very first acts of the new ruler will be the judgment, the destruction of Babylon. The daughter of Babylon will be destroyed. Mars will set in Gemini, and then Ceres, the beast, is literally behind the Lion of Judah. And as the sun goes down, the stars declare the soon coming of the Lord. The crowning of the head, the capstone, the temple of Apollyon will occur in the year 2023. That's just astonishing. All of this happening right before our eyes and it seems like our news is just lining up with um i mean i, I don't i mean, to me it just hit the reality of how much how quickly they're trying to destroy us oh and yeah i mean we're for, not really fit for prime time in, in that, you know, we would be probably banned from a lot of, you know, websites that want to ban controversial content. Yes. But there's a, there's a war that's been declared on humanity. And the first shots have been fired. I mean, the first shots that have gone out are kill shots. Now, humanity was deceived into thinking that they were for your health. No. They were to slowly degrade your health. And we're seeing the evidence now, right, Frank? Oh, yeah. Is there any doubt? If you have any doubt, go to my Getter page and just watch a couple of the programs because the scientific evidence is overwhelming. There is a war that has been launched against humanity. And that war is being waged by the Red Dragon. And he's using the small group of people that have been his servants over the millennium. You know, the church never really understood that there were actual satanic families in the earth who practiced witchcraft, who engaged in unspeakable acts of evil, and to a great extent avoided prosecution because the power structure politically, judicially, in this world has to a great extent been compromised. I mean, we all remember the testimony of Jesus in the gospel that after he fasted in the wilderness for 40 days, Satan came and tempted him. And one of the temptations was Satan showed him the kingdoms of the world. And Satan told Jesus, these are mine to give to whomever I choose. And I will give them all to you if you will fall, fall down and worship me. Of course, the Lord rebuked Satan and told him that you shall worship the Lord your God only and him only shall you serve. So Satan gave those kingdoms to another group of 
people who fell down and worshipped him. And, you know, this group has operated behind the shadows of world history, only recently allowing publicity to come out about themselves because they feel like their conquest of the planet is now a fait accompli. The United States is a captured operation. The mainstream media is a direct mouthpiece, whether it's the red or the blue colored Kool-Aid, it's the same Kool-Aid stand. And so 97% of the American people are completely oblivious. I, I thought everything was going to be okay after this election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. The madness of a fallen society. We have crossed the line. It's now legal to kill babies that are born. If you kill your child in certain states within the first 28 days of life, there will not be any kind of investigation. You can just you know, take take the, the little guy's corpse and say, well, you know, he cried too much. I couldn't get up that many times late at night, so we just decided to suffocate the little guy. And it's unbelievable. You know, it's unspeakable what happened in ancient Israel in the Valley of Hanan. The archaeologists found the evidence of the mass graves. You know, hundreds of baby lambs and hundreds of, of human babies thrown onto a huge pyre of burning firewood, perhaps 100 feet wide. 20 to 30 feet deep. The legs of the lambs bound. From the bone fragments, they were able to confirm that it took between one to two hours for the babies to die. And the Holy One watches fire comes out of his nostrils chazam is the word in Hebrew the fiery wrath of the Lord I think we would be outraged if we had to see what God saw yes we would we would demand that it be stopped by any means society that can murder its own babies medical officials that can torture puppies a society that can torture innocent life flaunting its wickedness in the face of heaven while blaspheming the name of the holy one Trampling his word, murdering the innocent, and flaunting its perversion and its evil. And how long before heaven answers? Well, friends, from, from what we've all seen in Holy Scripture, 
And Frank, I, I think it's it's unequivocal that the prophecy of Jeremiah 25, verse 12, dealing with the 70-year reign of Babylon, referencing the judgment that came upon ancient Babylon after 70 years, and then also Babylon at the end of the age, which is the second half of Jeremiah 25, 12, the land of the Chaldeans, which would face a separate, a different judgment in which it would become a perpetual desolation. And then the balance of the chapter, which clearly addresses the judgment of the entire earth, in which the slain of the Lord would be from one end of the earth to the other. You know, this too would come after the daughter of Babylon would rule as the reigning superpower for 70 years. Well, and that daughter Babylon is the United States of America. You know, that's unquestioned. There's no, there's no debate. There may be people that are ignorant, but there's no debate that the United States of America is the daughter of Babylon referenced in Jeremiah 1551. We're the hindermost nation. The land, the word is Akaraith in Hebrew, and it means the last and final superpower before the reign of the Antichrist and its one world satanic government. It also references in the West where the eagle's wings of Daniel 7, where the nation judged after it rules for 70 years and, and America was crowned in 1949. The first year of her rule as a, a Chaldean state began in 1950 and so the year 2020 brought the 70th year and the end of her reign. And, and it also brought the beginning of the, the war against humanity with the, what everyone now recognizes was the release of a biological weapon. You know, people can debate, you know, do you think they accidentally released that weapon? Yeah, right. Maybe they'll accidentally drop a few nukes soon too. Just like women accidentally lose their diamonds. It doesn't work that way. You think they accidentally prohibited all of the known remedies? Governors ordering doctors, you can't prescribe. When did governors become legally authorized to practice medicine anyway? I mean, this was a time of insanity. And yet half of the population just went along with it. Sure, guess you're going to need another one of them. Fix me up, right? I'm glad we don't have to wait much longer, Frank. Amen. You know the thing that surprised us, I think? Well, surprised me, I guess. Maybe maybe not you. But you know, we had, we had circled 2020 as the 70th year, and I think that was spot on. And, you know, clearly uh, the world changed radically circa 2020 to 2021 with the you know with the the lockdowns and the the you know essentially the prohibition of free speech you know you you're not entitled to an opinion when it comes to matters of science which used to be debatable by scientists now there's the official science and everyone else well you know you could be imprisoned or you could lose your license and you know, if you challenge the propaganda narratives, but, you know, we went into phase one of the judgment, which was this weapon that was released. And then phase two was this fraudulent intervention that was also kind of the second phase of the weapon, if you will. 
And then now we're in phase three, which is an actual war in Europe with the NATO alliance fighting a proxy war against the communists, Russia. And, oh, they're not alone. They've got the Chinese and the Koreans and the rest of the Arab terrorist states and communist states on their side. It's my opinion that the Antichrist is playing from both sides of the table. with the purpose of ultimately leading us to World War III. And, you know, meanwhile, the dismantling of the supply chains and the destruction of our food supply and and the, the growing crisis in energy production and the potential disruption in diesel deliveries. And, you know, we haven't even gotten into 23. And, you know, those of you guys have been listening to me for a while. I had circled 20, well... You know, I've been wrong on trying to circle the year of, of the Battle of Ezekiel 38, you know. But never was this a prophecy. It was merely an insight. But now it seems rather apparent that the judgment is taking place over a, maybe a three-year window. And, you know, the thing that I think escaped my view, Frank, because I, you know... God reveals these things slowly and, you know, we correct our errors as, as our insight, you know, we see more clearly over time. But Frank, you remember how the enemy's been using the, the numeral symbolism of uh, the number 11 in the mystical temple of Apollyon, which is built with three sets of pillars representing the numbers 11, 22, and 33. And the first 11 was unveiling what's hidden in the darkness. The second, the number 22, is the beginning of the action. And the third 11 is the number 33, which is the placement of the capstone. Well, you know, this sequence began on September 11th. And 9-11, of course, represents the mystical mathematics of the capstone using the tree of life and the Kabbalistic model of the universe, the final calculus of the 33rd level is nine degrees equals two degrees and two degrees equals nine degrees and two representing the number 11 or wisdom or judgment. And so 911 is, is actually the mathematics of the capstone itself. But in 1990, old Bush announcing the new world order on the eve of the Kuwait invasion, 11 years later, we saw the beginning of the action on 9-11-2001. 11 years after that, they began the effort of placing the capstone on 9-11-2012. Well, what happened in 2012? Oh, that was the end of the Mayan calendar. What, what does that mean? Well, the Mayans had to stop their calendar at some point in time. They chose the point where the solar system would cross the galactic median and enter the new age. You know, our galaxies in a singular plane, our solar system actually orbits around the galaxy. We're not in the plane of our galaxy. We have been above it, and in 2012, we passed through the median, and now we are below in the new age, with each age representing approximately 2,000 years. And so 2012 represented the beginning of the placement of the capstone. 
But if it's another 11-year period of time, well, that would take us right into the fall of 2023, wouldn't it? And 23 is the number of the judgment unto death. 22 being the number of truth, represented by the 22 characters of the Hebrew letter, the Hebrew alphabet. And if you add anything to the word of God, you've got death instead of life. And so 23 represents the number of our enemy. And that's exactly what's coming to pass upon the earth. And I would just tell our listeners, you guys, um, find time to pray. Find time to fast and pray. You know, the, the thought of a political solution, Frank, I think that's kind of over, right? I mean, are we past that now? Well, I hope so, but it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it. I mean, I mean, folks, if you haven't realized it, your vote doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Those days are over. Your own leadership tried to pull us into war the other week with Russia just so they could funnel more money over to a corrupt system to funnels more money back into their leadership uh, re-election campaigns. It's so sick and so disgusting that they won't even hire somebody to audit it just like they did have an auditor in Afghanistan, but they won't hear. It's, it's, it's pure madness, and I don't know why we think it's going to change. Do you think this Republican Congress is actually going to do something? They never do. No. Well, the first two years of Trump's term, we had a Republican majority in the Congress. They didn't try to fund the wall until the Democrats took charge in the third no, year. He's the only one that even did anything, and yeah. they all his own party tried to stop him. What do you, folks? There's nobody. This is so beyond corrupt. They love their power and they are drunk in it. Well, and the the majority of the power of the government is in the bureaucratic agencies that have been created. There's twenty thousand unelected bureaucrats that run the real apparatus of power in washington and they're not changing you know yeah. these guys the corporate governance over our government agencies you know and if you don't understand get robert f kennedy's book the real anthony fauci go listen to whitney webb if you haven't heard whitney's testimony well you can find her on my getter page Go listen to the programs that I've posted. Yes, Save highly recommend that program. That supposedly Glenn Beck said it was his best program ever. Yeah, Whitney's, best interview ever. Whitney's a genius. Um, what an amazing woman, 33 years old, and she figured out the vast majority of what's happening just by looking deep into the evidence. You know, we were told in the scriptures, study to show yourself approved. Frank, I don't think too many people did any studying. I think they read the Bible like they would have read the TV guide, perusing it casually. You know, they don't or, do the hard work. No, they took their pastor's word for it. In the Bible, even Paul said that the Bereans were more noble because they took the things he said and they checked it against the scripture. Paul said that was the noble. He had the authority from the Lord, and he still said those who checked the word out were more noble than those who didn't. 
So let's let's end this program, if you will, with a a little checking of the word. What do you think? Amen. I'd like to take us on a little journey into a section of prophecy most of our listeners have never really focused on before. I honestly don't know of anyone who has taught on this. I'm sure someone must have. I just have never heard anybody. But let's look at Ezekiel chapter 19. And we're going to touch on this chapter and then we'll leave uh, some of the work for you, dear listener, as a homework assignment. And maybe we'll we'll catch back up on Ezekiel 19 in a subsequent program. But let me start by just reading the first part of Ezekiel 19. Moreover, take up a lamentation for the princes of Israel and say, what is thy mother? A lioness. And she lay down among the lions. She nourished her cubs, her whelps, among young lions. And she brought up one of her cubs, and it became a young lion. And it learned to catch the prey, and it devoured men. The nations also heard of him. And he was taken in their pit. And they brought him with chains unto the land of Egypt. Okay, let's stop there. I, I think it's pretty clear. This is talking about Joseph. Joseph was a young one who became a mighty lion, a ruler even, of the not only of Egypt, but Egypt was the superpower of the world in that era. And he learned to catch the prey and devour, had power over men. And the nations ultimately heard of Joseph. Everyone's heard of Joseph. We all know how he was taken in the, their pit. He was thrown in the pit and how he was brought with chains as a slave unto the land of Egypt. So the first cub, the first whelp here in Ezekiel 19, I think it's pretty clearly Joseph. Frank, what do you think? Yeah, that's the first person that literally pops in your mind, when I, I think, when you read it. Yeah, because I don't know of anyone else in the testimony of Scripture that was taken to Egypt in chains. Me. Not that was highlighted that I could think of. No, I mean Joseph and Mary went, but they had they had um incense and gold, right? They yeah. had the gifts from Jesus's birth. They went with money. They didn't go with chains. Yeah, and it's Abraham also when he went, he went with his wife, and there was no chains. Yeah, he didn't have any chains. Mm -hmm. And when Jacob finally goes down with the the seventy, he was honored. Joseph, they they were greeted as VIPs. Pharaoh's army was there to, to greet Jacob. Yep. So, no, this is clearly, I think it's pretty clear. The first cub is, is Joseph. So that's good because we're going to need that clue as we try to understand the balance of this text. So, okay, verse 5. Now, when she saw that she had waited and her hope was lost. Okay, well, let's stop there. Israel is the mother, right? Take up a lamentation for the princes of Israel. What is your mother, a lioness, right? So the mother of Israel, the mother of Joseph, being the first cub, when Israel saw that she had waited and her hope was lost, when was Israel's hope lost? Where, where does it say in scripture that Israel had their hope lost? Do, do you recall, Frank? 
Sorry. Um, Give you a hint. Ezekiel yeah. 37, verse 11. Is that when the, uh, yeah, well, the the glory the lifted bones. off the ark, right? Well, no, this is the Valley of Dry Bones. All dry, okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Our, and it's, our hope is lost. This is the whole house of Israel. And they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, and we are cut mm. off. So Israel's hope was lost. Well, the dry bones represent their rejection by God for having rejected Messiah, Mashiach. But I think that this also is a picture of the Holocaust. You know, and you you guys have seen the pictures. The Valley of Dry Bones, the dead bodies. And, and much of Israel's hope was lost in the Holocaust. And even today, there are scores of people in Israel, scores of Jewish people that, that will tell you that they cannot believe in a God that would allow the Holocaust to happen to his own people, to any people for that matter. And of course, you know, we can't lay the wickedness of men at the doorstep of God. But Israel lost hope in that valley. And so here we are back in Ezekiel 19. And when her hope was lost, after she waited you know, and Israel really waited for 2,000 years. I mean, after Jesus was rejected by the majority of the people and by the majority of the religious leaders, and then the nation was destroyed 40 years later, then the people were literally driven out, and, and they became what began was the, the diaspora, the great casting away into the nations. And then for 2,000 years, the Jews wandered without a homeland, without a temple, and with a covenant that had now been superseded, God had had literally it created and, and and replaced the old covenant of the flesh with the new covenant of the spirit, which he promised to do in the prophecies. And so Israel waited and waited and waited, and and what what they ended up receiving was the Holocaust. Before the land would be restored, the people would first be devastated. And in that devastation, their hope was lost. Then it says, then she took another of her cubs and made him a young lion. And he went up and down among the lions and he became a young lion and he learned to catch the prey. And he too devoured men. And he knew their desolate places or palaces. And he laid waste their cities. And the land was desolate. And the fullness thereof, by the noise of his roaring. Well, what in the world is this talking about? A second cub, a second son, after the events of the Holocaust. So this is last days. This is a prophecy at the end of the age. This is not Joseph. Joseph did not destroy the land with his voice. He didn't destroy any cities either. Joseph actually preserved the nation. Now another son is coming. And that he knows their desolate places. That word is almana. And it, it actually is a word that's figurative of the, the judgment upon Jerusalem in Lamentations 1, verse 1. It's also figurative of the judgment that would come upon Babylon at the end of the age. Particularly the judgment that would come upon the widow and the helpless 
and the innocent who would be exposed to oppression. It speaks of a judgment so severe that not even widows will be spared. And so a desolate palace, a desolate house is coming. And he laid waste their cities. That word is karab in Hebrew. And it literally means to reduce to ruins, to depopulate, to be utterly destroyed. It's actually, as a verb, it means to attack, to wage war. And it literally, it's in, in Jeremiah, or pardon me, it, yeah, Jeremiah 50, verse 27, it talks about the war that would be waged against the daughter of Babylon to lay waste and make desolate the nations and their lands. The desolator of a country where the land itself is destroyed. And then the nations set against him on every side from their provinces and they spread their net over him and he was taken in their pit. So here Joseph was taken in a pit before and then he was taken to Egypt in chains, and then lifted up as a governor. Now, the second cub of this prophecy, he's going to take some pretty radical action, according to the prophecy, in bringing desolation upon the nations. And then the nations are going to respond, cast their net over him, capture him in a pit similar to what Joseph experienced. And then they will put him in chains or in a cage and they're going to bring him to the king of Babylon in holds that his voice would no more be heard upon the mountains of Israel. Thy mother is like a vine in thy bloodline, planted by the waters, and she was fruitful and full of branches by reason of many waters. And she had strong rods for the scepters of them that bore rule. So these are rulers that this prophecy is dealing with. And her stature was exalted by the thick branches. She appeared in her height with the multitude of her branches, but she was plucked up in fury, cast down to the ground, and the east wind will dry. It has dried her fruit, and her strong rods were then broken and withered, the fire consuming them. Now she's planted in the wilderness in a dry and a thirsty ground, fire going out of a rod of her branches, which has devoured her fruit so that she has no strong rod to be a scepter to rule. This is a lamentation and shall be for a lamentation. And so I would just leave the, the second half of the prophecy of Ezekiel 19 to our listeners. Prayerfully consider it, study it, weigh it. What is the scripture talking about? It's clearly not Joseph. I think the reference of after she had lost her hope is clearly a reference to the end of the age. You know, and this, this hasn't been fulfilled yet. I mean, what son of Israel has destroyed cities and literally left nations desolate? Who was then literally opposed by all of the nations coming against this prince of Israel? Who might this be? I'm going to hold my guess till when we do the whole program. Yeah. It's an interesting prophecy, though, don't you think? Oh, it's got, yeah. I almost said something, but I'm going to hold it. Um, 
Don't yeah, like... this one needs to be prayed through carefully. Yeah. I think the first half, though, is clearly Joseph. So what kind of clues can you glean from this, Frank? Well, it's very interesting, you know, about obviously the one who destroyed nations. Um, going down in the pit, that's another another clue. Um so I don't I don't want to start getting too many things, but there's some anyway, some things of to me that uh begin to point to a specific um well and you know who was the mother of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean well, that, what that, is thy mother? Who is thy mother? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Who which mother are we talking? Well, if you oh. want to go back to the 12 tribes, there's four women, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Rebecca. No, we had uh, Leah. We had the two handmaidens and Rachel. Mm-hmm. So two wives and two concubines. Jacob with four, the father of 12 tribes with four different mothers. Mm-hmm. So who was Joseph's mother? Well, yeah, I mean, well, she, yeah, of course it was Rachel. Exactly. Yeah. Is that relevant? Did Rachel have another son? Well, let's, let's, let's end with one more scripture. A couple more little scripture references. First, um, Isaiah 13, the Lord says, I've commanded my sanctified ones and I've called my mighty ones, my gabarim for my anger. So the Lord's angry. Well, yes, they've been burning his babies. Yeah. Okay. In the wombs of their mothers, the babies have been getting burned, taking an hour or two to die. And they've been destroying his creation. So the Lord is furiously angry. And he's called his mighty ones for the ministry of his anger. The noise of a multitude in the mountains. The Lord of hosts, that means armies. Adonai Tezvaot, the Lord of armies. God's calling his army. He's not calling the choir. He's not calling the women that work in the nursery on Sunday. He's not calling the children. And he's not calling the young. He's calling the military. God's literally calling his military into active service. I've called my army. I've given an order to draft my warriors and assemble them before my throne. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord. And they are the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole earth. That word for land is Eretz in Hebrew. They come to destroy the earth. Well, wait a minute. That's what we're talking about over here in Ezekiel 19, you guys. They're wasting cities. They're bringing judgment. What? God would use his people to execute judgment? You know, what's the scripture for that, Benjamin? Um, how about Psalm? Well, there's a lot of them, actually, but I'll just give you one. Let's go to Psalm 149. Let the saints be joyful in their glory. Let them sing aloud on their bed. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Whoa. You know, that's not the normal choir. When you go to church and you listen to the choir, they're not holding razor-sharp swords, right? Well, these guys are. For what purpose? To execute vengeance. 
upon the nations and punishment upon the heathen or the Gentiles to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters to execute upon them the judgment written. Wait a minute. Well, you know, whoa, Benjamin, I thought the Lord said vengeance is mine. Well, he did. Absolutely. The Lord is calling his army to execute his vengeance. But he's going to use instruments of the warriors that he's created. Maybe that's part of what yeah. that second son represents prophetically. Well, folks, it's just like, you know, good works aren't ours. They're his. He desired them. So when we do the good works of the Lord, we're doing his works. And if he decides to use a group of people to carry out his will and his judgment, it's still his. That's right. And the Lord, he promised he would judge the earth with fire. At the end of the age. And so, you know, our the question of our time is how much longer, Lord, will you endure the ungodliness of this ungodly generation that is flaunting such evil, perversion, decadence, and, and absolute violence against the innocent and the young? How long, O oh Lord? Will your people have to endure this? It's like, we're like Lot in Sodom, daily grieving. Oh, you know, I can't even bear to hardly watch or hear the reports. And it's always worse than the day before. The righteous are being vexed by the evil in the land. How much longer, Lord, until you avenge the blood of the innocent? martyrs who died in their mother's wombs at the altars of Molech and Ashtaroth. Absolutely. The answer you know, from heaven comes quickly, Frank. Yeah. In the year. Uh, and, and folks, listen, how much longer? I, I can tell you right now, we're on the verge of self-destruction. And God will have to come or we'll destroy ourselves. And I, I don't know, Benjamin, did you, if you saw the, the engineers just interviewed the other day uh, from Google that was fired, we're talking senior engineer. Okay, this is no idiot. These are, these are top-level engineers who will not change his story about Google's sentient being, you know, AI having feelings. And that might sound so crazy to people like that's, you know, how can that be? Well, it sounds crazy to me that there's going to be a statue that speaks Okay, at the end of time. But if Satan possesses things and the devil is in technology and everything else, folks, we are on the verge of self-annihilation. This is so real. I was just in a meeting with one of Benjamin down in uh, Florida. I was just in the meeting with the group of the, the head of the of one of the companies who remediated the the um pipeline attack on the colonial pipeline we're talking about world-class hacker okay and you wouldn't believe folks what they can how they can rip through your stuff how they have control and what they know about us right now 
I was in there with this is the guy at the top of his game who their company's tools are some of the tools that one of the wars that's going on. I won't name it right now. Their tools were used to take down power grids with. Okay, this is the top level and we are on the verge of self-destruction. We better be careful and be careful what you do on the Internet. Yeah, use use discernment in every in everything. Yeah, so how long? Well, we don't have long before we'll end up killing ourselves. Well, if you look at the the global financial system, the the war, the the lockdown fractured the economy, shattered supply chains. Now we've followed that with a war that has d- divided the global economy into competing trading blocks. And the nations that are opposing us, which are the communists and Arab countries, and and on a, a growing list is joining that club. They're all trying to move their money outside of the Western controlled banking system because any money kept in Western banks is subject to sanction and seizure. And so China and Russia and the BRIC nations are all in the early stages of implementing an alternative currency clearing system, an alternative to the SWIFT network, which clears international transactions in U.S. dollars in the West, they're creating an alternative SWIFT system for non-dollar transactions. Well, as these nations run from the dollar, that runs the risk of the U.S., dollar no longer qualifying as a reserve currency and all we are is is one major incident away from major trading partners telling us that they don't want to accept dollars you know all, all that would have to happen is the opec nations telling the united states um we're happy to sell you oil but you got to show up with another currency or precious metals or Bitcoin or whatever. We don't want dollars. And suddenly the United States, which has been running chronic trade deficits, we we import a trillion dollars to round the number of 700 billion a year, a trillion a year, whatever. We import all of these vital products, chips, textiles, electronics. I mean, most of what we buy in our stores most of what's produced and used in our economy a lot of it is coming from overseas and we don't have the ability to transfer that manufacturing back to our country anytime soon those nations stop accepting dollars they stop using those dollars to buy more of our treasury debt they stop financing our federal deficit through the sale of goods and services in the trade deficit america's free lunch is over and we owe $30 trillion. This country is effectively bankrupt. At 5% interest, the interest would be $1.5 trillion a year. It would destroy the budget. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's done. Then yeah. go listen to Chris Martinson. Again, this is on my Getter page. You guys actually, you should listen to every one of the programs that I've posted. It might take a little bit of time, but they're all critically important. Chris Martinson is an absolute genius in... Well, he's actually a PhD in virology. And so that gives him some expertise in, you know, in the 
um, scam that was just pulled off on humanity. But he's also an expert in the economy and as particularly in the energy space. And, you know, he points out this conversion to green is a complete joke. Frank, it would take us 9,000 years to mine all of the scarce resource metals, the scarce minerals that, that are required for battery-powered cars. Mm-hmm. In order to convert all of the cars to battery power, oh, yeah. so we would need like 9,000 years of mining operations, and we'd need enough petroleum, enough diesel fuel to run all that heavy equipment. And oh, by the way, we don't have 9,000 years. I mean, had Pharaoh started mining precious, scarce earth minerals, we still wouldn't have enough. So, okay, this is absurd. This whole green energy conversion thing is is a laughing joke. You know, and Chris Martinson does a brilliant graph where he shows the 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 use of energy over the last hundred years from from wood and coal to petroleum to natural gas to you know, the biofuels to some of the the fracking that went on. And and then at the very top of the graph, he's got the green energy and it's sort of like, you know, it's like a little tiny thin line. Not even one one hundredth of one percent of the aggregate, aggregate energy consumption of the current world economy. There is no way to convert the world economy to green energy without destroying 99% of the world's economy. But, you know, from the perspective of the elite, look, this makes all the sense in the world. We've already used about half of the cheap energy that's been discovered in the earth, maybe a little more than half. At the current rate of economic activity and the current rate of growth, we would probably burn the other half or a good part of it in the next 30, 40 years. At which point, there'd be a serious energy shortage affecting everyone. Well, the elite don't want to burn all the valuable petroleum. So, you know, why not shut down the petroleum-based economy, throw the world into a complete economic collapse, slip a world war into the mix as, you know, the convenient excuse for the collapse of the world economy, and then basically eliminate 90% of the slave population so you've eliminated 90% of the demands on the ecosystem. And then on the other side of it, as we build back better this satanic new world order, the surviving slaves will be put back on the plantation. They'll be put back on the farm using technology from the 1800s. So it'll be horse and mule and maybe kerosene lanterns at night if, you, you know, if you're wealthy. And the elite will keep all of the valuable resources for their living standards. Kind of like the Hunger Games movie where the where the slave population lived in poverty and starvation and, and the elite lived in the capital city of pandemonium with the, the modern comfortable lifestyle. Yeah. It will be left for only them to enjoy. And that's where this is going folks. They're destroying the current world. The destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. The stars declare his coronation is eminent. And what that portends is the ruination of everything that was good and of God in the earth. Mm. The devil has come down unto you with great wrath, knowing his time is short. And there's no political solution. Let that one go, brothers and sisters. 
Yeah. This is the day of the Lord that has come. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it because the Lord has promised, I will protect that which is mine. We just got to get our hearts right. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn. We need to learn to pray. We need to learn to obey the scripture. When the scripture says, come into his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise. You need to learn how to do that in your prayers. We need to learn how to wait for the anointing to come. And then we need to learn how to take the authority. Jesus said, I give you authority over all power of the enemy. We can still defeat what Satan is trying to do against us and our loved ones through the power of prayer, through the power of the name of Jesus, through the authority of the blood of Jesus, and through the authority that we have received from the Lord. But we have to use that authority. Mm. This isn't a time where we can be ignorant anymore in the things of the Spirit. You know, so many of us have not um, been trained in spiritual warfare. And, you know, I would ask you guys to pray. My website just crashed today right before my eyes. And um, there's some valuable teaching materials you can still find everything online on the podcasts, on the YouTubes, whatever. You know, there's a, a program on spiritual warfare, Frank, that we did together, part one and part two, which was linked in, on the website. Um, if you guys have never heard it, you got to listen to it. You need to be equipped. You need to be trained for this hour because yeah. the war is coming. Whether you like it or not, it's coming to the whole earth. It's coming to your front door. Worldwide persecution is coming next year. You shall be hated of all nations on account of his name. And he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So, absolutely. Yeah, we got to gear up Praise for God. what's ahead of us. Yeah. But the Lord has not abandoned us. You know, this is the day of the Lord. It's not the day of the Davos crowd. It's not the day of Satan. It's not the day of these satanic caricatures that that pretend to be the rulers of this ruined age. They're just cockroaches. Absolutely. They're going to flee into the darkness when the light comes. And, and believe me, brothers and sisters, the light is coming. Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness is already covering the mind of this wicked generation. But the light of God will arise upon you. But that light is not going to come because we watch the news. Mm. That light is not going to come because we, we, you know, we get caught up in all of what's happening. That light's going to come as we enter into the presence of the Holy One. It is Amen. the anointing that breaks the yoke. And that takes time, brothers and sisters. Jesus was a man of prayer. He would slip off from the disciples. And oftentimes, he would pray through the entire night. And when the disciples awoke and and the morning the Lord was full, overflowing with the Holy Spirit because he'd been in the presence of his Father. It's a question of the quality of the time, but it's a question of the quantity of time. What are we going to invest our lives in now? I know it's tempting to get caught up in the news, but the most important thing we can do now is learn how to enter into the presence of the Holy One. Follow the formula of Scripture. Learn to pray in the Holy Spirit. If you know if you're not comfortable, you don't know what that means, then go study 
Paul's teachings where he talks about praying with groanings that cannot be uttered. Learn how to pray from the bottom of your heart, from the depth of your spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen, folks. Listen, this is it's okay if you don't understand all these things. It's it, God's big enough to to know that. Okay, He already knows that. It's okay to say, Lord, I don't know how to what it means to to groan in the spirit, Lord. I don't know what this stuff understands. Lord, help me. I mean, God can handle these things, folks. We just got to go to Him. I just want, as we're closing out this program right now, I just want to say a few things, um, folks. I, Listen, I have to have a I have a Facebook page for this program. I have some things on the internet. Um, I run a tech company, okay? And I, I don't know a lot of things in the world. I know technology. I do know it very well. And I will tell you this. Delete your Facebook app off your phone. Delete. Lord, do not have. Please do not have TikTok on your phone. Get rid of... Um, of uh uh let's see what's the other what's the cousin to uh 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 facebook um whatever their other program is not not pinterest um uh, i don't even i don't even do them anymore um anyways the the other the other piece of it it's just slipped my mind for a second the reason i say this is i did a little experiment just recently brother um i had a new phone um i had my battery was going dead kind of i was upset with it and um i decided i was gonna get a new phone i wasn't gonna load even for a second my the facebook app on my phone to check for the the web page or do you know any of that folks i have had this phone for quite a while now i haven't had any pop-ups of anything i've talked about or said on my phone now i can tell you right now apple is way more secure than google is uh, than than Android, I, I'm not saying that they're saint, but they you can turn off more stuff and keep it off in the iPhone, just as a general rule. But all of a sudden, I'm not getting any of that anymore. I'm telling you, they are listening to what you, it's Instagram. That's the other one. Yes, those three, they listen to what you say, and I no longer get those apps, those pop ups at all ever on my phone of uh, ads for things that I've been talking about. So I'm just, we've, I've done, we were in with a meeting the other day with a security, we were doing some stuff. We do a lot of security. My company is security focused and we were watching the hooks off of common apps that you use on your computer in order to share different files, taking and trying to find your hardware, different configurations on your computer. And it was sending it out in the cloud for, and we're, we're asking ourselves, why do they need to know this information? They want everything you have so they can build a digital profile so that there is no way to hide from them. If you don't want somebody to know what you're doing on the Internet, don't do it. That's the best advice I can give you. Yes, you can use a VPN. You can use all those things. But right now, our focus should be on the Lord and focusing on what he desires for us to do. And if we have to use technology, be smart about it. When you go check your Facebook, open a private browser, log in, check it, close it. That way, everything's destroyed in that browser session. Those are just little common sense things we can do to keep ourselves out of this digital world where they are tracking what we are doing because they are preparing for our destruction. And you know what? Our God is greater. He's given us brains. We really ought to use them. Brother, thank you so much for what you've shared tonight and challenging us 
uh, to learn the scriptures more. It's a whole lot more important than what's going on in this technology today. The word of God is what sustains and fulfills in this hour, brother. Thank you. Hallelujah. Yeah, and I'll just close with one Bible verse from the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 28. There is a God in heaven who reveals secrets Mm. and makes known what shall be in the latter days. That's exactly we need to receive from the Lord the information that is relevant for us. Mm. It's so easy to get caught up with. The news is almost like addicting. It's crack. It's a drug. It it is. It's a it's like a fear based pornography or something, and you know we were told to watch, but we were also told to fast and pray, and I think Amen. people spend a lot of time watching the news and not enough time fasting and praying. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. Listen, go look for the show notes. Um, find the getter page there. Um. If for some reason you can't link, um, you know, copy it, paste it in your browser instead of clicking on it. You should do that with every link anyways. Clicking and trusting links is a dangerous thing. Hold your mouse over. Check where they go. I'm going to stop going off on my security stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, after the meeting I was in last week, if you all were in there, you'd be scared to death of what I witnessed happen. And folks, this is real. We need to be careful. God gave us brains. Let's use them. Pray fast and seek his face. And I'm telling you, he will take care of the rest. He will take care of the rest. Brother, God bless you. Uh, keep. Uh, we'll look forward to the next part and uh, getting deeper into this uh, Ezekiel 19. I hope we can finish that up uh, at a future date. And so God bless you, brother, for coming on here. And folks, keep Benjamin in prayer. He's not very popular on the enemy's um, list right now. He's He's at the top. But it's not because he's getting a, a gift. It's because he's not very loved. And we'll just leave it at that. So please keep him, keep me in prayer and the remnant call that we can go forward until the last hours of this earth's history, spreading the good news. Jesus is coming again. And this is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the remnant call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.